Hi, I'm Sarah Carter, and this is Daily Dispatches, a podcast that helps me pay attention to what I'm paying attention to. For more about this project and the ideas behind it, you can listen to the first three episodes, but otherwise we're just going to go ahead and jump right in. This podcast is part of a larger storytelling project called Daily Fieldwork. You can find more information about Daily Fieldwork at our Instagram at Daily Fieldwork on Instagram or feel free to reach out via email at imdailyfieldworking at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. It's April 30th. I'm in the bed. I'm watching Murder, She Wrote. And um, my friends brought me some snacks. And also, they're having the first barn dance in two years up at the barn, but I'm in the bed. Everything's fine. Bye. May 1st. I feel kind of dizzy. I got up and around a little bit, but I don't feel good. Cheers. Hi. I have found a secluded path on which I never see anyone else on foot. But I do see chickens that are snacking amongst the yellow flowers. I see the resident pig on Pecan Valley. Um, Lucy is going ham in the yard. Oh, wow. I didn't even mean to make that joke. Wow, wow, wow. Um, Everything has just, in the past, like, four or five days really gone gangbusters it is super green out here everything is wild as hell and overgrown i'm sure that my allergies would be very itchy if my sinus cavities were not synthetically held open by my generic afrin which i will probably never stop using even though i know it's a terrible idea and i have gotten addicted to it before just like my uncle jimmy um anyway i just want to share these sounds with you it is 6 p.m the sun is still up pretty high enough to get a little bit of a tan when i haul my carcass outside like rolling a tubercular patient into the sun for my evening dinner at around 5 30 p.m um, and now I'm listening to an audiobook. I just could not stay still anymore. Even though that's what I want to do most of the time. Um, spending a lot of time with Angela Lansbury in Cabot Cove, which you can stream for free on Peacock. And I had all this when I found out I was sick after my initial disappointments, which were Legion. I made a big list in my head of what I wanted to get done, uh, which included things on the scope of changing out my closet from winter to summer, because I have just one closet and a a cedar chest situation, to as large as um, finally scanning in all my essential documents on my filing cabinet. (laughs) It's in the closet that's been on my list for like the whole three years that I've lived in my little 
house. But anyway, also I'm going to try to shut the fireplace down if I have any gumption left when I get home. And which just means dumping the ashes, taking out the screws for the fireplace holder, storing them in their summer thing, taking back the pieces of wood that are um, too large. And even now, as I say that, um, I can hear my mother saying, now don't push it too hard. <laughs> okay, just trying to tune into the bod, I guess, to see how much gas I got left. Um, all right. May 4th. Um, so since my in infirmed, my time of infirmity, um, I've been watching Murder, She Wrote on Peacock. It's free. And <clears throat> wow, it's really brought a lot of peace into my life. I'm not a person who's naturally drawn to peaches and creams and decor. And as a person who lived through the 1980s, I was never particularly drawn to that interior scape, but I am now. And it's so wonderful and comforting to see it. And my friend Jed in California said that people who are really into murder she wrote are called she wroters. And I thought that was really good. Um, that is all. Hi, I went out for a drive today and saw that the Longhorns that are live across the street have had babies and there was like a whole family unit of Longhorns like posted up with the dad in the middle with his big horns and then the mom and two babies and one like one of the babies is probably like a day or two old. It's so cute. Um, then when I came back, Mac was here and she was barking up a storm <clears throat> and she's very old, but I found out if you play with her, she'll like wallow around and it's very cute. And then I was bringing stuff in from my car and I looked at the back door and went to open it because sometimes I chase the car interior through the house as a fun treat and uh, Red had hidden under a tart that I put over my lawn furniture. And when I opened the door, he popped in real quick. And then I had two people's dogs in my house that weren't mine. And it was really fun. And Red has stayed over. And I don't know if you can hear him. Yeah, he's snoring. Can you hear him? I think I woke him up by leaning over close to him. But anyway, he's a stinky boy. But he is here, and I am here. <laughs> and we're going to make it uh, test again tomorrow and see what's up. Okay.
May your sleep be as peaceful as the snoring of a grandpa farm dog. <laughs> May 6th. Just about got this thing beat, y'all. Got a negative test this morning. Very exciting. Um, I did shut down the fireplace. I did take down the wood stacker thing on the porch. I moved my house into its summer configuration, which means I have a couch and it, things are way more open. I changed out my closet from summer to winter. Um, I washed all the pillow shams. I washed all of my bedding down to the mattress pad. <clears throat> and I think I am pushing it a little too much. My gumption meter is pretty low. I didn't expect that part of being sick, which is like I'm like at a real emotional flat line. Um, <clears throat> but I did work this week from home and one of my assignments was a birthday announcement for Hank Snow, who is a true G. His uh, born on May 9th, so on, on Monday will be his birthday, but um, I want to read some of his biography today because I thought it was very interesting, and on Friday we read. Also, hilariously, I uh, was putting in, in the clips for the podcast, and I did not realize that I was actually just sharing with you that uh, I... I'm now into Murder, She Wrote every day. Like, I thought that was the news. And my brain was foggy enough so that I uh, didn't pick up on that. I was like, what day is it? I have no idea. Um, so, sorry about all the heavy Angela Lansbury content. <clears throat> all right. Um, if you want to know anything about any country music star ever, you can just Google their name and Country Music Hall of Fame. Oh, classic country stars up through, you know, modern day, but, but not like, um, not Hall of Fame members. So anyway, uh, Hank Snow, <clears throat> undeniably the most successful country music star to come out of Canada during the industry's formative years, Clarence Eugene Hank Snow also emerged as one of the most distinctive stylists, one of the best songwriters one of the most prolific recording artists, one of the finest guitarists, and one of the most masterful businessmen in the modern industry. Through his career, he never turned his back on the classic Jimmy Rogers style that made him famous, but he was also experimenting in Latin rhythms, jazz, blues, Hawaiian styles, recitations, the mambo, and gospel songs. The some 840 commercial recordings he made between 1936 and 1985 form one of the largest discographies in the music business. They include folk song, songs of his Canadian boyhood, Roger Style songs, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, hobo and railroad songs, cowboy songs, pop standards, and some of the best efforts of Nashville's own songwriters. Hank Snow continually delved back into his early repertoire to resurrect old songs for new audiences. To him, repertoire was a living thing, and his sense of tradition was as sharp and keen as that of any folk singer. He was indeed a commercially valid rep He was indeed a commercially 
His was indeed a commercially valid repertoire. From 1949 to 1980, he saw no fewer than 85 of his singles reach Billboard's charts. Nobody was surprised when he was elected to the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1978 and the Country Music Hall of Fame in 1979. His had been a long, torturous road to Nashville. It began far above the northwest boundary of Maine in the windswept village of Brooklyn in Nova Scotia. He was one of four children. He had three sisters, and his life became difficult when he was only eight and his parents divorced. That event plunged him into a series of misadventures that resembled something out of a Dickens novel. He was sent off to his paternal grandparents, but he routinely ran away and made his way back to his mother. When she remarried, Snow found himself dealing with a violent stepfather. I was treated by him like a dog, Snow recalled. I took many beatings from him and still carry scars across my body that were left by his ham-like hands. Um, that is so sad. And, and I wish he had not used the term ham-like hands, which gives it a comic appeal. Back in the severity of the moment, though. To escape this abuse as a teenager, Snow went to sea working on a fishing trawler in the wild North Atlantic where he entertained the crew by singing and playing the harmonica. At home, his mother let him listen to Victrola Records, first by Vernon Dahlhart, who's also a Hall of Fame member, then by the new singer, Jimmy Rogers. By 1933, Snow, armed with mail-order Timothy Eaton guitar, began singing over CHNS in Halifax. He also met and married a local Dutch-Irish girl named Minnie Blanche Alders. The young couple soon obtained a serious radio job sponsored by the laxative company Crazy Water Crystals, and Snow began billing himself Hank the Yodeling Ranger after learning that Jimmy Rogers had been made an honorary Texas Ranger. In October 1936, Snow traveled to Montreal to make his first records for Canadian Bluebird, an RCA budget imprint, Lonesome Blue Yodel and Prisoned Cowboy. A series of releases followed, including hits such as Blue Velvet Band, Galveston Rose, and My Blue River Rose. All told, he made some 90 recordings for Canadian Bluebird between 1936 and 1949, but only a handful were then released in the U.S. After a couple of aborted states in Hollywood and West Virginia, two funny locations to me. Snow finally was able to crack the American market in 1948. An expert writer, he often toured with a trick riding show featuring his horse Pawnee. He was a modest success in Dallas on the Big D Jamboree and contacted Ernest Tubb, a fellow admirer of Rogers. Tubb liked Snow's work very much and began to pester the Grand Ole Opry staff on his behalf. The Opry finally relented and invited Snow to join. He was introduced on stage by Hank Williams. For a time, it seemed that Snow's stay would be short. He seemed unable to score a hit or get audience response. Then his first RCA Victor American hit came along, I'm Moving On, a piece that Snow's producer had not even wanted to cut. The song rode the charts for 44 weeks in 1950 and 1951, 
It was followed by two more number ones, The Golden Rocket and Rumba Boogie. These were his career songs, and for the next five years, he averaged two or three top ten hits a year, including I Don't Hurt Anymore, The Gold Rush Is Over, A Fool Such As I, Yellow Roses, Conscience I'm Guilty, and Conscious I'm Guilty. After I've Been Everywhere and 90 Miles an Hour down a dead end street, he did not crack the top five again until 1974 when Hello Love topped the charts. In addition to recording distinctive hits like these, Snow became one of the first country singers to see the LP as the basic creative unit and created some of the first theme or concept albums. He also utilized his considerable skills as a guitarist. His inspiration had been the Far Brothers and the Sons of the Pioneers, which we love here, to do a series of duets with Chet Atkins. Throughout the 1960s and 1970s, Snow helped hold a line against rock and pop's assault on traditional country music. He traveled widely, including to Vietnam, and became a fixture on the Opry. In 1977, he recorded his 104th LP for RCA Victor, still moving on, proving himself an apt title for an artist who gave longevity a new and dynamic meaning. Hank Snow died in 1999. He was inducted to the Hall of Fame in 1979, nine years after the Carter family was inducted. Anyway, what a guy. Like, love a successful situation for someone with a hard scrabble youth love that he was a trick writer love that he saw the lp as a basic creative unit and kind of was pioneering in the idea of a concept record i mean love him love hank snow all right kids that's all see you next week thanks for listening that's it and that's all thanks for listening I hope you're feeling hearty. I hope you send someone to dispatch. I hope that I see you again next week. Also, one thing I want to tell you that I changed my closet from its winter to summer um, configuration. And also, I'll take it easy on the Jessica Fletcher content next week. I'll give you a break. But there's always a place for you in Cabot Cove. Um, See you soon. Bye.